All right. All right. Take your seats, please. This week in our 50,000-mile tune-up, we're talking about the engine. Take your seats, please. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to the Change Academy podcast, a show where we use our training in nutrition and fitness, but more importantly, our experience as behavior change coaches to help you move toward your best self and your best life. I'm Monica Reinagle. And I'm Brock Armstrong. And also welcome to part three of our 50,000 mile tune-up series. This is our system-by-system inspection and tune-up of all the important parts of our lives. In the previous two episodes, we checked into our beliefs and expectations about aging, updated our goals, and clarified our values and priorities. And in this episode, we're going to turn our attention to our bodies, the engine that powers our physical movement through space. How does the way we move and maintain our bodies change as we go through life? How can we set ourselves up to keep our engines running smoothly and powerfully, even as our mileage starts to get a little bit higher? (laughs) I like that. (laughs) This, I'm going to turn it over to my co-host and resident fitness expert, Brock Armstrong. Take it away, Brock. All right. I had so much stuff to say about this topic. I hope this doesn't go on for too, too long. I'm going to try not to make this into a a complete grandstand because really this is such an important thing to think about. And and I know I look at the world through my movement and fitness lens. So I feel like this is the most important thing and everybody must grasp this (laughs) as our, what did you say, as our mileage gets higher? Yes, especially now. Especially now. So Again, continuing with that motor vehicle analogy that we've been going with here, the way that we treat and enhance or just simply use our engine does change as we age. It is true. It doesn't always stay the same, but but that's the same as it is with our car. It, It may need more than just oil changes after a few years. And maybe, most aptly, the engine of an older car actually needs to be turned on and revved up occasionally, otherwise it can seize up entirely. Ooh, we don't want that. We definitely don't want that. And, you know, even if it's not your entire engine, I think some of us have some parts that have seized entirely or are on their way there. (laughs) For sure. We'll talk about that later. But when it comes to our bodies, the activities that we may have actually been able to, I'm going to say, pull off back in the old days through some determination and probably some amount of luck when we were younger may not be possible now. But the good news is that we are probably a lot more able to discern what is a worthy endeavor for us to do rather than a foolhardy one, much more so than when we were younger. So we're just less likely to put ourselves in that danger. So that's a that's a little bit of a silver lining there. And I really do think that one of the most valuable shifts that we can intentionally make is to stop thinking about what people see when they look at our aging car and start focusing on how it feels to drive that car and can it get us where we want or where we need to go and of course for our bodies that means to stop worrying about how it feels to have someone gaze upon your body and focus instead on how it feels to actually move around in that body now and into the future it's good advice sometimes it's hard to apply it those old habits die hard but right shifting into how it feels feels and where we want to go in our bodies can be 
really liberating in a way. Right. Yeah. Liberating is a, a great word for it because it's not more or less important. I'm not diminishing. We want to be proud of what we look like. That's obviously not something that we should just completely throw under the bus, but focusing on something else that is really important and that we may have not paid attention to before is is liberating. You're right. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with some of those inescapable changes that do happen in our bodies as we put on more mileage. Now, the first thing that we do definitely need as we get older is more recovery time. Now, I'd say that this is the biggest factor with our aging bodies. It's the amount and the type of recovery that we need to do. Well, it changes as we get older, as we move through different stages of life. Even if you're still able to ask and and do ask your body for the same level of intensity and the same workouts and the same activities, you'll likely need to be, I'm going to say, smarter with your downtime as you move into this part of your life. And it sounds to me like that's not just about more recovery time, more time lapse, but maybe using that time differently. Yeah, I th- say a little from column A, a little from column B, but we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. The other inescapable change is that, you know, a lot of us just find ourselves for one reason or another with less free time on our hands. During our entire lives, exercise It's not just the time that you spend in the gym or if you went for a run today, but as we get older and busier and more focused on our families and our careers, living that active lifestyle outside of the gym and outside of the yoga studio becomes more and more important to remember and embrace. And again, we'll get into that in a little bit. But the final thing that really is inescapable is that wear and tear that happens on your body. Mm -hmm. A well-used body will obviously show it, whether it's internal or external, but giving in and giving up or avoiding difficult activities isn't the answer. But neither is being pig-headed about it and just continuing to dig yourself deeper and deeper into a painful hole. There's a middle ground there that can make a really big difference because Our bodies dislike being still as much as they hate being overworked. So we're going to look for that sweet spot in the middle. Right. And that sounds like an important point that we can't avoid wear and tear by just remaining sedentary and not using our body. It's not one of those things. It's sort of a necessary price to moving through the world. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't born to lay still on a couch or sit still in a chair. We were born to move to a certain extent. So what needs to shift as we get older to accommodate these inescapable changes? I'm going to start with probably the one that I'm going to get the most pushback from. I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of people who immediately get their backs up. But the thing that I think you really need to shift is to start focusing on building or even just maintaining muscle mass. And that means strength training. Mm-hmm. Because maintaining your muscle mass can do all kinds of things. It helps with your hormone balance. It helps with your bone density. It, it helps you just maintain your ability to do things like clean your house and move things around. I think the good news is that although maybe 10 or 15 years ago, that might have gotten a lot of pushback. I think we've made a lot of progress here. I think people... Yeah are really starting to understand how important this is. This isn't just for the bodybuilders on Venice Beach. This is (laughs) much more important 
for those of us going through the middle of our lives even than than the you know muscle bound types. I'm so happy to hear you say that. I feel that same way, but being immersed in in the exercise community, I sometimes feel like my view is skewed, but hearing you say that gives me gives me hope. Well, listeners, you let us know. Did that take you by surprise or does that <laughs> correspond with what you think? But how do we do it? That's the big question. But let's start with the why first. The truth is that we actually start to lose muscle mass or experience what's called sarcopenia as we age. And it's some crazy statistic, like 3% of your muscle mass is lost every year after the age 30 or something like that, which is a crazy statistic that I don't know how they came up with. But the truth is that it does happen. We do start to lose muscle mass, but we can do something about it. And we'll get into how your diet can help with this because that is a really big factor. But we're going to talk about that next episode. Well, actually, more accurately, Monica is going to talk about that <laughs> next episode. But for now, let's talk about strength training. You know, I'm not asking you to go to the gym and lift weights if that isn't something you're interested in doing. If you are, great, have at or fill your boots. I'm totally on board with that. But you don't have to join a gym for the very first time if it hasn't been something you've done before. We don't, you don't have to do that at age 40 or 50 or 60 because resistance or strength training is way more diverse than just lifting weights. You can do it while you're carrying laundry up the stairs. And in fact, I just did a video about that on my YouTube channel where I actually demonstrate how I use my laundry basket to do some strength training while going up the stairs. And you can also do it with just movements in your living room using your body weight, which is an awesome way to start and actually finish. If you never progress past using body weight exercises, you're doing just fine. But you can also throw in some elastic bands if you want, or you can just use household items. I'm still building up the strength to do that workout that you do on the stairs. That's nothing but your body and the stairs and right. all the different kinds of push-ups and everything. Like that's going to be my pinnacle workout. Yeah, our bodies are enough weight to keep us challenged for a very long time. Exactly. But the point is, is that you can do all kinds of different activities that actually fit into your day and don't have to take time out of your busy life to go and do. You can do it right there at home in your normal clothes and you can still get that benefit of maintaining that muscle mass or even building some muscle mass. Yeah, and I'll just put in a plug for you here, Brock. You know, the videos that you put up on YouTube are so helpful because they're almost all this type of training. And I have found them to be a really great uh, library of stuff. So I can recommend everybody... To go check out the um, Brock Armstrong Fitness YouTube channel for some concrete examples of what Brock's talking about. Thanks. That's brockarmstrong.com slash YouTube, in case you don't know. But I think what it really comes down to is just having that orientation that as we go through the day, we're looking for those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to find those opportunities if we want to remain. Make those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. We want to, because we want to remain durable. We want to remain capable as we age. And we do need to do some engine maintenance in order to keep that happening. And that can be your strength training. Okay. Sold. We're sold on strength training. What else do we need? Okay. So the next thing that I want to bring up is some high intensity efforts. And this can be. Oh, that sounds hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, Okay, maybe, but I think I'll sell you again on this one by the end of my little spiel here. I think we're all familiar with high-intensity interval training or, or HIT. You've probably seen videos or read that in magazines and stuff because it really has become a favorite for a lot of people because it's very efficient 
at doing what it does best of getting your heart rate up and getting your boost of of movement, getting a boost of adrenaline, getting a boost of hormones, like doing all that wonderful stuff that we want to do, but it doesn't take a whole lot of time. But one thing you do have to be aware of, like I said in the beginning, as we age, we do need more recovery, but that's not a bad thing. That just means we need to do the high intensity stuff a little less frequently, which is great, right? <laughs> I that, like the sound of that. That's yep. good news for most people. And then we just fill it in with with some other stuff we'll get into later. So if you've been a high intensity interval junkie in the past, you'll want to back off a little bit. But if you're someone who has never done exercise of any really intensity before, well, this might be time to embrace it. And, and this is why. The great thing about the term high intensity interval training is that it is totally subjective. And by that, I mean that my high intensity is different from Monica's high intensity, which is different from your high intensity. We all just need to feel challenged at our own level. So we're not trying to match each other's heart rates. We're not trying to match each other's speeds or anything. We're just trying to get ourselves into what feels intense for you at this point in your fitness life. And that just means raising your heart rate a little bit into that uncomfortable area, but you're only doing that for a short amount of time. And that can really help your body do things, like I said, like release some really helpful hormones that will also support the stuff that I talked about with the strength training. So you're you're releasing some testosterone, some human growth hormone, and your body just responds to this increased but short challenge really favorably. And then you don't have to do it again for 10, 14, 20 days. Oh, that's even less often than I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say we could do it maybe just once a week. But you know, you're saying like once or twice a month. I And I like to start there. And then if you feel like you do want to do it more often, feel free. But don't think that you need to be doing this on a weekly basis or several times a week yeah. to get the benefits. Giving yourself space between the workouts, but doing it consistently is way more important than doing it really often and more intensely, if that makes sense. Okay, sold again. I can do this a couple times a month. I can do that. All right. So then we get into what we do in between those times when we're doing the strength training and doing those high intensity intervals. And that is just living a active lifestyle or doing what the scientific papers refer to as low level aerobic activities. Hmm. And when it comes right down to it, through our entire lives, we should be focusing on this. But as we get older, especially, this is non-negotiable. We've really got to start paying attention to how long we're staying sitting and how much activity we're actually getting into our bodies. Hmm. We have to make this a priority. But again, the good news is, if you do make this a priority, you can loosen your grip on that other dedicated exercise time. I still want you to do some strength training. I still want you to do the occasional high intensity. But that other stuff that maybe is sort of nagging at you that you should be getting to the yoga studio more often, you can start to release that a little bit if you can get this other activity into your life. And a lifestyle that, that I'm talking about is just one where you're moving around, you're changing your position, you're walking more places, and you're not sitting for long periods of time all in one go. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right about this being even more important at this time of life, because what I notice if I am not paying attention to this and I am sitting for long periods of times, that is when I am much more likely to have 
joint pain and other body aches. So this is a, an amazing preventive strategy for me. This low level aerobic activity actually keeps my body feeling much less stiff and sore. Right. Our bodies crave movement. We can feel that when we've been sitting for too long. Like you said, when you stand up and have to unfurl your knees and your, your hips and it's <laughs> like, back. that's your body telling you that you sat for too long. Yeah. It's not telling you that you need to sit back down. It means you sat for too long. We need to interpret that right. And of course, this is something that we emphasize so much in the Way Less program. And we have a lot of people kind of in this time of life doing that program with us. And what we hear over and over again is that this becomes a very self-reinforcing cycle that once you get into this habit, you stay in it because it feels so much better. Yeah. And it's fun too. We've yeah. heard from so many people that have turned into the person who leaps off of the couch to run and get something instead of going, mm. oh man, and wishing somebody else would go and do it because it becomes a, a fun challenge to see how, how much movement you can get into your day. Okay, so now we'll move on to the recovery portion, which I was talking about earlier. And I like to call it active recovery because I think that sort of removes the idea of lounging on the couch with bonbons from the <laughs> from the equation. Right. Now, to get back to our car analogy, if your car's tires could actually regenerate themselves while they're not being used, and wouldn't that be awesome? That would be awesome. If that was possible, this would be a much better analogy <laughs> because our bodies are capable of doing that. If we give them what they need, they can regenerate, they can rebuild. And in fact, fitness is mostly built when we're recovering from those hard efforts, not while mm. we're actually doing those mm. hard efforts. And Again, like I said before, what we do in those recovery times does change as we age. And number one on the list is sleep, because sleep is absolutely the best recovery tool we have. So it's important to pay attention to that, because even if we're sleeping less, which we often do as we age, I think you did an episode about that on mm -hmm. Nutrition Diva, didn't you? Yes. And we're going to do an entire episode during the 50,000 mile tune up on sleep. So oh, we will get back to this. Yeah. Yeah. So even though we are sleeping a little bit less, we need to make sure that we're getting the most out of that sleep that we are getting. And of course, number two is feeding your body a wide range of nutritious foods, which we'll also cover in an episode, the very next episode, in fact because that is one of the big keys to recovery as well. But so is feeding your body a wide range of nutritious movements. That's a really important factor as well. And active recovery involves things like just some gentle movement, some gentle stretching, and just staying active during the day, during our waking hours. Hmm. Our biggest focus here is to train smarter, not harder. I, I like using that phrase. I know I'm not the first one to use it, but I think that's a really good thing to remember that it, we're doing things smarter. We're not doing them harder. And so if we use that combination of the strength training, the occasional high intensity interval session, and then live that active lifestyle to build up your stamina and your endurance, well, it means you don't have to train seven days a week. So those other days that are in there, you can just take that time to absorb those workouts and really get the most of them by just doing some active lifestyle activities. Sounds good. Now, I know there's a, a big elephant in the room here, and that is that as we age, we definitely have decreased mobility, right? 
Ooh. <laughs> Our tissues, it's true, do wear out as we age. Some people sooner than others, too. And, and that's not necessarily anyone's fault. It's just what happens sometimes. But we can slow that down. Or we can accelerate it based on how we treat our bodies. So in the same way that a muscle gets stronger by working it harder, our bodies give more attention to our ligaments and our tendons and our bones that need it the most. So if they aren't getting used at all, well, they'll get forgotten. Like that car engine in the movies that we see all the time that's just sitting up on blocks in a driveway somewhere. The lubricant and the oil doesn't get circulated to the parts of the engine, and of course that engine will never start again. So with that in mind, here's a question for you, I guess, Monica, since you're the only one who can <laughs> who can answer me right now. Does mobility decrease because we're getting old or because we stop using it? I'm going to say it's a little bit of both, right? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But I'm so glad that you mentioned that about the ligaments and tendons and bones, because before you said that, I was thinking, right, you know, I know I can work my muscles and keep them strong and keep them from losing, but I, you know, I don't seem, I don't know how to give that same attention to my ligaments and tendons. And that seems to be what's giving me the most problem now as I get older. But you're saying simply by continuing to use them, maybe stress them in a smart way that actually can have the same effects. That's very encouraging. Yeah. Let's take our bones, for example. Like We all know like weight-bearing exercises, we're supposed to do those to keep our bones strong. Mm -hmm. But also when we use, let's say, our bicep, if we're picking up something heavy off of the ground and we're using our bicep, the bicep is attached to our bones at different spots along the bone. And when we flex it, when we use it, it tugs on the bone and we get that same, the osteoblasts inside the bone react to that tugging and get stronger as well. Same thing with our tendons. More collagen is injected into the tendons that are getting used and need the extra repair. So it really is a matter of move it or lose it kind of thing here. I will say, though, that there is such a fine line between asking your body to do things and then discovering afterwards that it was a little too much, you know, yeah. <laughs> the painful elbow, you know, because of the because of the bicep exercise that you maybe pushed a little bit too hard. I guess that's maybe just a matter of experience of kind of learning where you can ask for more and where you need to take your time. Well, and realizing that the videos that you see on YouTube, mine excluded, are usually made for people who are much younger and they give a prescription that isn't for you. It probably isn't even for some of the 20 year olds out there. It's just a general prescription. So what I always say is make sure to err on the side of doing too little or too few reps, at least for the first few times that you do any new movement or any new exercise, because I'd rather see you, I always say, waste a workout, quote unquote, mm -hmm. instead of ending up injured. And then, well, then you're off for a matter of weeks instead of just missing out on a couple of exercise sessions because you took it a little bit easy. Always ease your way into it and, and don't worry about whatever it said on the website where you got the, the workout from. Ignore that and do what you feel like is going to be safe for you. And and that's one of the beauties of doing things at home too, is nobody's there counting your reps or watching you. You can do whatever right. the heck you want. But, you know, we are trying to um, 
make our exercise look like whoever's modeling it for us. And I know sometimes it's frustrating if, you know, we can't put weight on a knee because the knee, you know, joint is, won't bear that anymore, or we can't support our weight on our wrists or something like that. And, you know, the, the spirit is willing, right? But the flesh is weak. Well, and that's where we need to start looking for some modifications and some variations on the movements and just realize that just because we can't do a full push-up because it hurts our wrist doesn't mean that you wouldn't be able to do a different modification like a push-up where you're leaning on the kitchen countertop instead or on a chair. Mm -hmm. Making sure that you find those modifications and the variations can really make a big, big difference and Eventually, maybe you will work your way up to doing it on the floor. But if you never do, at least you're getting some benefit and you're getting some movement into those muscles and not ending up injured. So it does take a little bit of searching around, I guess. But that's why people like me are out there creating videos. Well, yeah. And I would say this is one of those areas where it can be a really good investment to work with somebody if you do find that you have certain limitations um, because of an injury, because of arthritis, whatever it is, it can be a really good investment to work with a trainer or a physical therapist or something to help you find those modifications so that you can move forward um, instead of you know hunting and pecking online or trying to make them up by yourself. I think that would be money well spent a lot of times. Definitely. And you just spend it once, right? Or you know a couple of times and then you've got then you're armed with those, appropriate modifications that make it possible for you to get stronger and to progress. If you do go see an occupational therapist or a physiotherapist, make sure that you get some handouts or some websites to go to that you can use for for more time moving forward. So they get you started, but you're not just hung out dry after that. And there are tons of resources out there for for that as well. It's a really great point. A lot of what we talked about here is that I want to make sure that people are focusing on where they are right now in their fitness journey. Your level of fitness today is all that matters. Don't try to achieve what you think you should be able to do or what you were able to do when you were in your 20s or your 30s or what you see on YouTube videos either. Just focus on what you are capable of doing today. And then just try to make that a little bit more each day, each week, each month, each year. I want you to think big long term, not short term. And just build your own capabilities day by day, week by week, month by month, and so on. Yeah, it's that compound interest, right? A little incremental change accruing on a daily and weekly basis really does move you from point A to point B. Yeah. All right, well... Thank you for that, Brock. That was a very comprehensive but sort of approachable uh, encapsulation of how we need to think about body maintenance and fitness maintenance as we move through our lives. And here were the takeaways that I took away. And then don't worry, guys, we do have we do have an exercise for you, a, a Ooh, an lab exercise. experiment, or a worksheet for an exercise exercise. An exercise you. exercise. But first, here were my key takeaways from this, from somebody who is not a fitness and movement professional. You're an enthusiast. And number one, I loved what you said about the body hates being overworked just as much as it hates being still. I think that's so important. So we want to work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Number two, you had me at movement is more than just exercise. So we don't want to just commit to working out. We want to challenge ourselves to live more active lifestyles. And believe me, folks, this one is just so fun. 
you can't afford not to do this. The third takeaway is to respect your limitations by modifying appropriately, but not to use them as an excuse to just opt out of being active or of challenging yourself. And then the fourth one, and this was kind of a big aha for me, was that recovery is not just collapsing on the couch in the evening. That active recovery includes gentle movement, stretching, but also things like good nutrition and good quality sleep. Even meditation fits into there. Yeah, for sure. And stress management and all of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, recovery is not just lying. What did you say? Lying on the couch eating bonbons? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've ever had a bonbon in my life on purpose, but is it a hard candy? Is it a filled chocolate? What is it? I, it it's up to you. Oh, okay. It's the metaphorical bonbon. Exactly. But as we said, Brock put together this amazing movement tracker worksheet for you that kind of sums up everything he talked about today and gives you like a little checklist that you can look at as you go through the day and just see how many of these 10 things you can check off every day. And I'm guessing, Brock, it doesn't have to be all 10 every day, no. but but as many as you can, and maybe a, maybe one more tomorrow than today. But you can find that Movement Tracker Worksheet at changeacademypodcast.com slash engine, which is where we put the show notes for today's episode. changeacademypodcast.com slash engine. And you can download that worksheet and see how you do. And we want to hear how you do. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. This isn't about getting perfect days all the time. It's just about being aware and making sure that you're getting these movements and reminding yourself that you can get these movements into different parts of the day. And once you've used it for a while, it may start to become intuitive, but you also may mm. want to print off more than one sheet and hang it in different locations at your house, at your work, anywhere, just to just as a reminder. Yeah. I think the real value is that there's always two or three on the list that tend to be out of people's, off people's radar, right? Yeah. And just having that little checklist just reminds you like, oh, write that. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> that I keep forgetting to do that. I could do that. I just never think to do that. But having that little checklist really kind of helps keep it, as you said, in your awareness. And that's, that's what it's all about, right? Just about every single thing we talk about starts and often ends there with mm -hmm. awareness. Right. All right. Well, I guess we will end it there or we will just push pause and we will be back with our next episode in the 50,000 mile tune up. And we're going to focus on our fuel system. And mm -hmm. you can guess what that one's about. Delicious, delicious fuel. <laughs> so we will see you then. And in the meantime, here's to the changes we choose. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Monica Reinagel and Brock Armstrong.